Today's GeoQuiz destination could be a good one for a de Villiers novel. We're searching for a modern Libyan city with an ancient past. This city is located along the coast of the Mediterranean in the northwest corner of Libya. Less than a year and a half ago, it was engulfed by civil war. It was a recent bloody chapter in this Libyan city's long history. This 2,000-year-old city was once an important Roman trading post. Ships carrying olives, timber, and fish linked North Africa with Roman and Greek empires. The ruins of Roman temples in the city are some of the best preserved from the ancient world. So the city serves as a reminder to modern Libyans of their country's illustrious past. It is a reminder that, that they are not the sum total of the brutalities visited upon them by Gaddafi and previous to that Mussolini. We'll hear more about how Libyans regard their past and their future when we get the answer to the quiz later in the show. More than a year after the Libyan revolution, Libyans are building a new nation. But the challenges are everywhere as the government struggles to assert control. Militias remain in power in many cities, and immigrants are pouring in across its borders. Journalist Robert Draper traveled to Libya for National Geographic. You write in your piece that for decades Libyans lived under a dictator who twisted their past. Now they must imagine their future. Tell us about a couple of the people who are moving forward. You met a 31-year-old woman who was an emergency room surgeon. Sure. That woman's name is Maryam Eshtiwi. She lives in Benghazi. Uh, she's a surgeon at Al-Jala Hospital. She's a traditional Muslim woman. Uh, when she wanted to become a surgeon, a lot of the uh, male physicians uh, treated her rather rudely. Her own parents thought that that wasn't a good idea for a woman, but uh, she nonetheless plowed on and was really one of the heroes of the revolution because uh, she uh, saved so many lives, both of uh, revolutionaries, of rebels, and of Gaddafi loyalists. The unfortunate aftermath of that is that uh, now um, Dr. Eshtiwi is um, an expert in gunshot wounds, as she told me. There was mm. a time in the past when she saw one or two of those a year, and now she sees them uh, several times a week. What does she want uh, Libya to become? She wants it to be a democracy. Uh, she, under uh, the Gaddafi regime, was really ashamed of her country, felt that, that uh, uh, the country was cut off from the rest of the world because, indeed, Gaddafi sought to do just that. Um, she, like so many other people that I met, Marco, when I, during the month that I was in Libya, would ask me, you know, where are you from? And when I would say with some hesitation, um, the United States, uh, they would reply, um, please tell your president, thank you so much. Uh, mm. uh, America and NATO saved our lives. So uh, they, they very much want to rejoin the rest of the world, the world across the Mediterranean that had been very much a part of Libya's world before Gaddafi came along. You also met the police chief in the city of Misrata, and the police chief actually fought with the rebels to overthrow Gaddafi. How does he see the future? Well, you're referring to Omar Albera, who mm. is an interesting case, an individual who uh, had been in essence, a Gaddafi policeman, then took off his uniform and fought in the revolution next to, uh, side by side with people that he himself had jailed, is now the chief of police and is trying to bring a measure of respectability to a law enforcement organization that was associated with corruption and other unfortunate attributes of the Gaddafi regime. Obera's main concern um, has to do with stability. That is to say, there is none. The revolution was fought by local people who'd never fired guns before. Now they have the guns 
guns and they don't want to give them up. They're known as militias now. And uh, Albera uh, readily conceded to me that he, the chief of police, is really not uh, the guy in charge, nor is the mayor of, of Misrata. But instead, it's the militias who have the guns and thus the power. And so this is, of course, the problem with Libya today, that because there aren't any law enforcement institutions, extremist groups, Gaddafi loyalists and the like, can come across the border and foment the kind of violence that we unfortunately saw swallow up Ambassador Stevens. Mm. Was there a thread that connects the lives of these Libyans you interviewed? Yeah, I think the thread is that of Libya writ large, Marco, which is that, you know, after 42 years under a dictatorship led by a man who was reconfiguring history to suit his own purposes, all of these individuals with whom I spoke and Libyans writ large are asking themselves, what do we do now? What does it mean to be a Libyan? And uh, some of the answer to that actually you can find by uh, wandering around to places that most Libyans themselves have not seen along the coast, uh, the glorious uh, Roman ruins in Sabratha and Leptis Magna mm. or the Greek ruins all the way to the east in, in Cyrene. What these indicate is that Libya had for a long time been uh, partnered with uh, European countries across the Mediterranean. And uh, those Mediterranean influences persist in, in the culture and the food they eat, the clothes they wear. It is, a, again, a reminder as you, as you walk through Leptis Magna and Sabratha of uh, not only the um, commercial glory and the architectural magnificence of an earlier time, but it's also a reminder that Libya was not always cut off the way that um, Gaddafi severed them from the rest of the world, and they're eager to rejoin it. They just don't know how. Robert, thank you very much. My pleasure, Marco. Robert Draper traveled to Libya for National Geographic. His story, The New Old Libya, appears in this month's issue of the magazine. You can see photographs from that story at theworld.org. And by the way, the Libyan city of Sabratha, with its 2,000-year-old Roman ruins, is the answer to our geo-quiz. <laughs> 